Hey, I'm Drea, and this is Unpopular Passion. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to Unpopular Passion. And I hope that wherever you are, whenever you're listening to this, that it's a good day for you. And I just have to say that it makes me so happy to know that you're making this a part of your day. And if you're liking this, what you're hearing so far, or taking any value away from it, I would love to hear from you. So feel free to DM the Unpopular Passion Instagram page or even leave a review if you happen to be on a podcast app that allows you to leave reviews. I would just love to hear from you and I love hearing your thoughts and I know that my guest today would also love to hear your thoughts and takeaways so feel free to reach out to him too. I would say that it's very hard to have a conversation with him and not take something valuable away from it and spreading value and knowledge to others seems to be something that he very much enjoys doing he recently has found a new love of stunt work which I find incredibly interesting and unique but within everything he does whether it's stunt work MMA fights, or even just working a daily job, there's always a deeper rooted reason behind it to live his life authentically. And finding out what that really means to him. Something that I think I'll be asking myself more often from now on. So please welcome my guest for today, Balint Josha. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Specifically on stunts or personal development or a mixture or whatever. But yeah, that will be fun. Yeah. I mean, I could understand why because I feel like you're definitely someone who... Like, you definitely have, like, a positive kind of vibe about you and, like, with everything that you do. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, of course. But so if I were to ask you what is your biggest passion in life, what would you say? Uh, Exploring. And living life authentically and also finding out what that means. So that's, like, I know, three different things, but... (laughs) <laughs> I mean I do there's really nothing enjoy, wrong with that <laughs> I do really enjoy so many different facets of life um, but also pushing boundaries of what I can do but also what life actually means as well so yeah. stunts is one of the most um, uh, highest priorities things I have right now and it might mm-hmm. change later on maybe I'll find something else or maybe this will expand even further for what it is right now um, but yeah the most amazing thing is that what I love to do is I love to go in out into the field, find something cool 
and then bring back the lessons and stories I found along the way. That's always every, everything that I've done. That's always the kind of been the theme. So whether it's actually been in personal development or whether it's been in martial arts or whether it's been in stunts, it's always been this kind of back and forth of, I'm doing some cool shit. And then back in, this is what I found. Like, it's like a little side <laughs> kid, like, look, look, <laughs> a lizard. Oh, yeah. God. So, yeah. I would say that's yeah I've noticed that too like I feel like you have like an endless amount of like little tidbits of knowledge and things to share which is like it's so cool to see because I feel like sometimes well I know like a lot of the times too like right now there's like a big emphasis on like social media and like engagement on social media and I feel like people sometimes try so hard to like try to you know put out like little lessons and things like that but it doesn't with you it doesn't feel forced it feels authentic like it's really coming from the things that you're doing oh 100 uh, that that's kind of the idea like sometimes i'm like okay i'm gonna do a video uh this is absolute crap you know what i'm just gonna do something else and if something else pops <laughs> up i'll go for it but funny enough is that when i find something aligned like sometimes i'll be just i, I don't know like 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 cleaning up, like brushing my teeth. And I'm like, I'm going through an idea and I'm already imagining speaking to a camera. I'm like, how about I just quickly set up a camera and do a live right now? Like instead of just having this yeah. in my head. And actually those videos turn out someone might like kind of best spontaneous uh, material and get a lot of engagement, yeah. which, is, which is really cool to see. But like authenticity is such a big thing for me of how mm -hmm. I do everything. And hence why I'm doing this kind of crazy stuff that I'm doing, because again, it's very me. Like, I'm not trying yeah. to be wise. I'm not trying to be funny. I'm just like, this is, this is what I do. This is how I think. This is what I found. This is what I implemented. Mm -hmm. And this is what I refined that works better for me. So it's more of a yeah. sharing process instead of trying to be, okay, I'm not going to lie. It is kind of cool when I say, hey, I jumped off the building. I thought it has a little yeah. bit of that showmanship in there. Like, hey, look at me. But I mean, it's you more... can't really do stuff like that and not help but brag a little bit. Exactly. You can't be in the film industry without having some vein within you. It's like, it's like you need yeah. to have a little bit. So, um, yeah, absolutely. But it, it comes from that pure enjoyment to share what I've done instead mm -hmm. of like trying to look successful or trying to look uh professional or what whatever word you want to use it's more coming from a place like look at this cool shit i yeah. did this cool shit yay <laughs> it's 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 a little bit more of that uh adventurous nature uh that i always kind of had it just kind of transformed its form mm -hmm. throughout my life that's all yeah i like that you brought that up because i feel like that is one problem I know that I have and a lot of other people have with social media is it's so filled with people trying to present themselves in a certain way. Like how you said, trying to look successful or like trying to look interesting or whatever it is. And it's like, you can, I feel like you can tell when it is that way, you know, like when they're just trying to like put a certain perception. You can smell it from a mile yeah. away. It's really. Yeah. And that's, yeah. I mean, that's one of the biggest issues with, social media now and especially people and I think when other people see that they try and keep up with it or they feel the need to also put on like that type mm -hmm. of show for everybody else absolutely 
Um, I think that's why it's a good, like Gary Vaynerchuk is a good person to follow because of that. Like sometimes I like that, like I had the same thing. I was like, sometimes I'm like, I would not post for social media for months. And like, it's not good enough. It's like, I don't know if this is yeah. going to be like, like I had that, like I not even had that. I had that in like waves. I was like, yes, I've got this for like a couple of months and then crash and burn and yeah. do nothing. And then I still work in the background, but not put it on social media. And uh, I love what he like. Uh, one time he put up, he put this on Instagram. Is stop making your Instagram like a like an art gallery. Put things that you actually enjoy oh, sharing. I like that. And I'm like, that's a that's a fair point because especially with some Instagrams, you look down like it looks so visually appealing, but that could also be the trap of certain yeah accounts. Like I'm not trying to I'm not trying to do any visual stuff as much as like. Hey, watch my me get hit by a car. <laughs> yeah. That's like watch me say something. Like those things are a little bit hard to visually kind of match together. Anyway, so I'm like, you know what? I'm not even gonna try. And in fact, you don't have to be successful. Yeah. Successful. I mean, like a lot of followers, a lot of engagement to even do that. Like one really eye-opening thing for me was what like uh, following mm-hmm. some UFC fighters. They put up some of the randomest, craziest, dumbest, most disgusting things on the Instagram. And it looks like a mess when you look for like on like, like straight off the bat, but they have sometimes hundreds of thousands yeah. and about millions of followers and actually get genuine engagement because it's not more about, it's, it's about mm. being authentic to who you are and hitting your target market in a way that yeah, they for want sure. to be because like Regardless to. of what it looks like or how it's being packaged, like the people who are there are there for that specific type of content they're there for you know the fights and the things like the whether it's good or bad that's what they're there for yeah oh they want to see some some of them just want to see bloods and guts and exactly and like broken limbs so uh yeah there's some but there's a niche for it and if there's a niche for it someone can someone can feel that niche to provide value for that group or community like why not but yeah it's like like if you're very much of a fashion brand and I think I found that usually females tend to be better at making Instagram look super pretty. Like I can just see gorgeous. that. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I just, I can't even compete with that. So I'm like, I'm not even going to try. But if that's part of your brand and that's what you want to do, then, then for sure, like if I put a good quality photo up, that gets more engagement than if I just babble on for five minutes on live. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. But it's like, for me, that's a much more easier content to create. And then later on, like, even if I don't do anything with this video, but then once I grow myself and then either I, or I even can hire someone, Hey, here's, here's a couple hours worth of uh, content. Mm-hmm. Could you chop something up and make maybe a reel or a TikTok out of this Yeah. or transcribe it? And then we can make it into a post. So then I got, I got content that I can use later if I need to. Oh yeah. So true. So like, yeah, Kevin Ray is a really good person to follow about this. Because he like he had this little post that if you make a live, like a long video, let's say five to mm-hmm. ten minutes, and then you get you can take shorter clips, make them into small videos, transcribe it, you can make that into a blog, take out of that transcriptions, take little sentences, and now you got inspirational quotes. Oh. So that's more the personal development side oh, of things. But you can definitely you definitely can relay like relay that into diff, like uh, like how to do that with social yeah, media. Yeah, for sure. Like, um, yeah, like I'm playing around with uh, Instagram and TikTok at the moment because especially with the stuff that I'm doing and and the target market that I'm trying to reach, 
it's much it's much more more inflow for me and it's much easier to reach that demographic that I'm trying I'm personally uh trying mm-hmm. to engage with uh, but again like all platforms have their benefits and drawbacks and their and their strengths and weaknesses and and certain certain groups are better for certain demographics or certain niches yeah so yeah you don't have to be an expert in all of them especially when you're just one man band and you're signing off mm-hmm. doing some stuff but just having some better ideas and at the end of the day if you get a feeling of gut feeling about like this is right for you like honor that and, and really commit and see what happens but sometimes it takes like a month or three months until consistent you do consistent content until you can look back and say actually this works this doesn't work then i can refine it and then you can actually get a better attack plan how to go forward yeah from there. and sometimes you just kind of have to play around with things like what's fun too yeah. absolutely like i put up i'm not sure if you saw that i put up the I put up a video of me doing that heart explosion video uh, I, on Instagram. Was it with like squibs or something that you put? Squibs, yeah. yeah was... Like lots of blood and everything. Yeah. I could this about everywhere I put it. So on TikTok is about 21,000 views right now. And that's great. Yeah. Now, five days later, I put up one little short video because I'm like, oh, maybe I can get TikTok to engage to put some captions in it. 56 views. <laughs> Like nothing, <laughs> like nothing. But I did it because that if I'm consistent uploading, the algorithm's like, oh, this is an active user. Yeah. Well, one of their old videos was much more important, so they can get chuck it out. So even if that video gets buried and never gets shot, like never, no one ever actually sees it, it doesn't matter because at least I know that that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Plus, it tells the algorithm that I'm active, and the algorithm always changes. But that's good kind of consistency is key when it comes to that yeah i think that's the thing too that's like a struggle because it is the consistency so sometimes you just kind of like when you're trying to use social media like as like to your advantage to like you know get things noticed when you feel the need to be consistent well there is the need you end up just kind of putting out whatever you know it's like well crap what can i what can i scroll through my phone and like post in here today and i feel like that's where a lot of where people can get lost with like the the forced material yes mm-hmm. absolutely and then also it becomes the fakeness part to it as well yeah and all of it um absolutely and that's some things that i personally felt as well and so i still experience it in time to time yeah and it's gonna like happen. sometimes i feel like this it's going to happen like again if you want to do something consistently you might hit creative blocks life might happen there might be something happening in the background that just throws you off completely yeah. and you're not able to think properly like who knows there's a million one thing that can happen and go wrong and 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 it is a little bit tough mm-hmm. but at the end of the day there's certain skills that we can create it's like brushing your teeth like unless you're having an absolute like 100% mental breakdown that day which is very rare, I'm hoping for most yeah. people. But let's uh-huh. say you do, then you may forget to brush your teeth. But for most people, it's it's habitual, and they're gonna do it at least once mm-hmm. or twice a day. So, like throughout, like throughout the board, I think that's a good average to kind of call. So after a while, like some habits, some kind of paradigms or your minimums do stay, and it doesn't have to be much. And in fact, the funny thing is, is that when you open and vulnerable, and when you share the things that I'm not, I'm sure what to put up here or like even your struggles, you're able to actually put that up. That's actually where you build your community the most. That's where you actually yeah. build related, like people can be relatable to you. Mm-hmm. Like one of the most freeing things I ever heard is that people actually don't, don't care about perfect people. They actually want free things from another human being. 
three things mm-hmm. is some an imperfect person doing their best who genuinely cares about others that's it mm-hmm. the reason if you're perfect you're one of those fuckers that no one can relate to yeah you're superman how could i even understand your world when mine is completely in different universe yeah exactly but if you share your struggle are this person just like me mm-hmm. and then if we go back to the core of for example um like body language and rapport building oftentimes what we do is mirror the other person mm-hmm. if you're consciously doing this or subconsciously doing this but like if you consciously know you want to build a rapport with someone you will mirror their body you mirror how they talk you mirror their pacing their energy it's because the more you do that the more you build rapport and we're already naturally doing this but some people that actually don't know it um and actually actually want to build consciously rapport that will consciously do it but we all do it in some case of in some form or another at least subconsciously yeah so the reason why is because we like people who are like us and then if you share your struggles or oh, that person's just like me i can relate to it and then yeah. you can build that trust with that yeah well the funny thing is too because how you said like nobody likes a perfect person the funny part about that is it's it's just a perception and like that's not actually there like no one is perfect yet we are building up this like this image of someone in our own minds that doesn't yeah. exist absolutely it's like the instagram yeah uh like but- work hard and everything would like work hard and it will be worth it and then the guy's typing something on his phone while he's leaning against his private <laughs> jet with four lamborghinis next to him. Like, yeah yeah piss off mate like that's not how can you yeah that's clearly not real no you drive all your lamborghinis and your private jet there by yourself (laughs) good job man but did you get an uber or a taxi before so yeah good for for you (laughs) but it's funny how you were saying about the um like mirroring someone's body language i never that's never really something i've heard but it makes so much sense because for some reason the other day i started thinking about how I tend to act differently around different people. Mm. And I was thinking, I was like, what is it that makes me do that? And I was like, I have so many different sides of my personality. And I feel like certain groups or certain types of people bring different parts out. And hearing you say that makes so much sense because it's like, I feel more comfortable being one way with somebody because they might be acting that way and i feel more comfortable being this way with someone else because they act that way absolutely and like never thought about that especially if you're highly empathetic or an empath you will do it more Mm -hmm. more often more subconsciously and you get along with more people interesting like some people Hmm. that like really like a little bit rough around the edges maybe just have Mm -hmm. a set way of doing things and it's easier yeah. for them to go, you rather like me or hate me. Uh, but yeah. if you're more empathetic, you you tend to kind of mimic and chameleon things a bit more. Okay. You're not giving up your personality. You're not saying that you become a completely different person with certain people. Yeah. You're just transferring your how, but not your what and why. You just, you just rep like changing how you move, okay? or changing your expression a little bit, like you're refining just to kind of match that environment a bit more. Wow. I thought it's like going to make me think so much differently about it now because I used to like, <laughs> there was like a point in time where I had a thought of like, why, why do I change the way I act so much? And it like made me a little self-conscious of like, am I holding back something or like, am I being fake towards someone else? But I think 
that definitely sounds right. It's just kind of mm-hmm. mimicking the energy that you receive. And it's just, it's more comfortable. It's more relatable. Exactly. And it is possible that there might be some underlying conditioning or inherent issues that, that could be looked at True. Uh, as well. But it doesn't necessarily have to be. Yeah. Like some people are just more, I wouldn't say people pleasing, but more, more, uh, it's easier to get along with. Like I, I like to get along with a variety of people mm-hmm. because I think I learned the most. So I, even when there's like arguments and whatnot, I can still oftentimes be Switzerland and kind of be in between. So yeah, I, I, that's my personality. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I personally prefer that. Now, some people are like, no, you choose one side over this. And then they tend to go towards it. Again, it's not a right or wrong thing. Yeah. And you will find yeah. certain people will tend to resonate. It's, it's a more per, either personality thing and combination with conditioning. Mm-hmm. There's a certain mm-hmm. things that pe- trigger certain people that will part with certain parties. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's all. But it can be, but it doesn't have to be. Yeah. Like it just sometimes okay. like, hey, this is like a more introverted, quiet person. Like, hey, okay. Yeah, Fantastic. I'm not going to be like so in your face because I can tell you're a little bit more reserved. <laughs> yeah, like, again, it's exactly. It's not like, oh, my God, how's it going? <laughs> all right. Wow. This is all, like if, if you meet someone like that, you're like, all right, we on this great. Yeah, train. let's go. It's like, OK, <laughs> now. Yeah, now I can match this energy. Yeah, yeah 100%. So like we do match our energies so we can actually relate to another person. Otherwise, if we don't, it becomes very hard. So when I did NLP, we had this little exercise to prove this where, where we got, we had partnered up and we chose one topic that we disagreed on and one topic that mm-hmm. we agreed on. Now, when we disagreed on something, we both were given a task that we have to match each other, how we speak, how we breathe, how we move, how we posture ourselves. And then on the topic that we agreed on, we had to deliberately mismatch our voice our tone our facial expressions our energy and our body body and it was the weirdest thing because like we didn't agree on something but we had a debate mm-hmm. like okay cool like understandable like i understand your point you understand my point yeah and there was like some people in the room like i understand what you're saying and that's true but i also want to add this onto it mm-hmm. so it, it was more than and then when we did the other one Man, I wanted to, like one time I did this with this lady and I w- and she was going and she was talking a little bit higher. I talked low and slow. I almost fell asleep <laughs> in five minutes. Like literally, I'm like, all right, this is boring. But we're talking about something that we both agree on and potentially passionate about. But like, oh, again, wow. because of mismatching of our postures and energies and voices and and because our, we didn't build rapport. Mm-hmm. so therefore we completely missed each other even though we're talking about the same thing and agree on the same thing wow that's so interesting yeah that's insane so have you found that because how long have you been doing like your stunt work and stuff uh officially properly since last year okay and so th- it's like still semi-new have you found like the type of people that you're around now doing this like is it like a new group of people like you feel really that you can relate to and like feel really good around? Actually, that was relatively quickly, like you get dropped into the industry. And actually, when we talk about even the film industry, it's not that mm-hmm. big. And especially the stunt community is even smaller. So like everyone really knows each other once you're in there. 
like be like if something good happens that travels fast if something bad happens that travels faster uh. so like, like it's it's good and bad in that case but like if if you are in a location you'll get to know the key players relatively very quickly mm-hmm. like i had the opportunity to go and and do some uh work with darko tuscan he was the uh uh, stun double for Keanu Reeves in the Matrix. Oh wow! And and then recently, a few months ago, we had Nick Scullet. Skull. Oh, I'm I'm butchering his last name. I apologize, Nick, if you ever watch this. <laughs> but he was the stunt coordinator for The Witcher, and in the Witcher series on Netflix. And like he gave us some really good uh, content as well. Um, Yasha Sinagalia. He's usually the stunt coordinator on Marvel movies here in Australia. So again, like you realize like, holy crap, literally in two connections or whatnot, I'm, I'm talking to Chris Hemsworth or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Like, you, like it's very small to get there. Um, so it's, it's cool, but yes, you do pick up new people and you learn uh, new stuff from, uh, uh, you actually do like, once you start something new, like say, even if you go to a new gym, eventually you create a little gym community or mm-hmm. your gym gym besties some people that you will be friendly with but some people you would be really close with or much yeah. closer with and that's kind of natural in any kind of environment yeah for sure um but yeah absolutely but as soon as you do something and if you do good work and you're just a good person uh, like again if you're an imperfect person doing your best and genuinely care about others you are in a pretty good winning position to actually like get ahead and people want to help you mm-hmm. Like it's fascinating just like the opportunities that came in the last couple of months because again, I'm I I was available, open, and just kind enough to help out. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So now rewards are being reaped because of that. That's cool. And I mean, especially getting into it like somewhat recently. And it it seems like such a unique thing to get into. How did you even start doing that? Um, so I kind of found stunt work accidentally, <laughs> like okay. and a lot of people in the film industry kind of st- get into it because when you say your film industry, you can literally be a construction worker and just purely work on films yeah. because like you have to create a freaking set. You know what? We are building a swing today. Okay, yeah. let's go. That's a free project. Let's go. Like, and you're a construction worker and that's what you're doing. And like you will hear like all these kind of different trades and from like normal traditional trades work in the film industry, just because they randomly somehow found it from one connection to another, they got on one job, they liked it and they continued on from there. So for me, the way I got into it is that two years ago, I challenged myself to do uh, something called Winter Warrior. It was a 20 week training camp to get ready for an MMA fight. Oh, wow. Even if, you, even if you never train a day in your life, you do it. So it's a, it's a really good program that's international. It's in America too, okay. in Australia, UK, Ireland. There was a, there was a, this is one of my favorite stories out of the program. It's like in Ireland, there was a lady that just went through a divorce. I think she was in her 60s. Oh, wow. And she's like, I'm redefining myself. I'm going to have an MMA fight. I'm like, go girl, I let's go. I love that so much. Oh yeah, it's, it's it's amazing. And so it's when you go into the fight, the beauty about it, it wasn't just going in to win the fight. 
Now I had the opportunity to win and it was a fantastic high and a fantastic experience. Don't oh, get me so wrong. Cool. Uh, but the whole, whole journey of it was one of the most rewarding things like going through the struggle, working, like really seeing how far my body can be pushed. Like I realizing that I can drop under 70 kilos, which is very unknown, like, like 70 kilos is 155 pounds for my American Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> No, you're good. I would have had it's to like, do that math later. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so 155 pounds. Um, so I would like again, I'm usually sitting around 170 pounds. So 100 and uh, sorry, 170 pounds is about 78 kilos. So that's where I usually sit mm-hmm. uh, now. But yeah, but for the, my fight, I had to be under 155. Mm-hmm. And uh, so seeing that I can actually do it now, it was terrible and yeah. sucked. And <laughs> yeah, like weight cutting is not fun. But it was cool. It was cool to actually see I can do it, but also the growth. And like just from that 20 weeks, I can probably talk for a very, very long time about life lessons, about the learnings, about the struggles, about like stories, about funny stories, gruesome stories, weird stories. Uh, Again, I've got kicked in the head and kind of got knocked out. Like that was an experience. I don't necessarily want to repeat, but once it happens to you, it's like, it wasn't that bad. Yeah, it was. That wasn't that awful, it, but the fear of getting hit in the face was bigger than actually being hit in the face. <laughs> yeah. So that was a really cool realization. So you're like, Ultimately, wow, I can take it. Yeah, exactly. One of the big reasons I did it is just wanted to get over the fear of physical confrontation because I've done martial arts before, but it was traditional martial arts where we didn't do heavy contact sparring. So this, mm-hmm. would be, this was like a whole 180. So anyway, long story short, <laughs> <laughs> after my five one celebrate, uh, I knew there was a stump place and it in the back of my mind for years like i want to go back there because i've visited once but never went back ever since i'm like it would be cool to go back and just experience it so i organized a group we went down there had a great day and then the guy remembered me we stayed in contact and in 2020 i was actually planning to travel i actually wanted to go to the us uh like uh, because of yes siri I got a few new friends there that I never had a chance to actually meet in person. Oh, yeah. But I would love to actually meet there. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to try to do that. And then COVID-19 happened. Mm. So everything just went down. And then because of that, a couple of things changed for me. And I, I stayed in contact with the guy that runs someplace. And we were able to like do a few things. And I was I did a two-week stunt course with him. Oh, wow. So that's so that cool. That was what really started me. Yeah. So in that two weeks, we did fight, film fighting, high falls, repelling, uh, wire work, fire burns, where you set yourself on fire, car hits, stunt oh driving, <laughs> it, the craziest stuff, a little bit of weapon work, um, just weapon awareness and handling. And like it was a jam packed two weeks. So, like, it was like one of the best birthdays I ever had. <laughs> it's like it was during my birthday as well. So, I'm like, yes, this is me. Oh, wow. Um, that's so cool. And then afterwards, afterwards, I'm like, this is really cool, but I don't know if I really want to do this. So, for a couple of months afterwards, there was the weekly uh, training classes that I could go uh, relatively locally. So, I just went there, went there, went there. And uh, last year, at end of last year, I'm like, if money and time really wasn't an issue and I had everything that I ever wanted, what would I really want to do in my day? Because yeah. I deal with, like, when I got into finance, like, like the entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneurship kind of mentality and, like, the entrepreneurship world, because 
being an entrepreneur and being an entrepreneur on Instagram doesn't always mean the same thing. So, like, <laughs> yeah, entrepreneur definitely. Instagram kind of like hustle, go mad, like like financial freedom. But I'm like, okay, hang on, put the brakes on. If like if I actually had financial freedom right now in the second, what would I actually want to do? Mm-hmm. Was like it was. Well, I want to do stunts. I want to teach. I want to like speak, and so I want to learn, apply, refine, and teach like the stuff that interests me, like personal development, stunts, martial arts these things that came through so anyway long story short i realized that this is kind of a cool thing again i do i really have much that to risk if i really go for it no like worst case scenario i can always get to a safe job i can always get a safe job if i really really need mm-hmm. to yeah but, but in this case i gave myself the opportunity to do something that i enjoy and worst case i'm gonna have some cool stories best case i can actually make my dream come true and actually do the things that I want to do once I got financial freedom anyway. So why not start now and actually enjoy yeah, the exactly. wealth, wealth consciousness now without needing needing that money mm-hmm. that we sometimes need. Like I think Bob Proctor said, he's like my big, big grandfather's of personal development. He's like, most people say they want more money than they actually do. And then they settle for less than they actually need. Oh, wow. Like, yeah, that's that. That was like, whew, that's powerful. <laughs> that is, that definitely is. But also, like, yeah. yeah, why pass up that opportunity when you have it? You know, because I mean, that's something kind of rare too that might not come around again. It is easy to kind mm. of say, oh, yeah, I'll wait and put it off till I'm ready. But when you do that, the chances are it might not ever happen or what if the opportunity doesn't come around again yeah and and also i think i'm in my 20s like this is kind of your prime of your life like this is where i can do the most physical yes as well that doesn't mean that later on you can't do certain things but again there's gonna be maybe a couple other challenges that you might need to hop over or grow from so especially if you want to do something physical like maybe dancing or gymnastics or stunt or or car racing or anything like that it's the best to do it in your in your in your younger life yeah it is because again like you can push through it now it doesn't mean that this aren't they're not weapons people in later life absolutely they are but it's just it's like i heard a lot of people like oh yeah my you only get your 20s once you only get your teens once you only only experience every decade once mm-hmm. so and all of them have benefits and drawbacks but especially when you're like here and like post high school you get the opportunity to really grow a career that you enjoy or like so especially if you like to do something physical this is probably the best place to actually go for it because hey you wake up tomorrow and you're going to be 45 yeah and it does go by that fast it does go by like uh, again like even just i'm only 25 but i'm like Jesus Christ, like, for example, we've been in Australia for 13 years and I can still remember the day we landed. And I'm like, I actually went pretty freaking fast. Yeah. (laughs) Now looking back at it. So, hey, you might as well do something. There's a really good uh, graduation speech uh, done by Jim Carrey. It's like an oldie. I think it's like 15 years ago. But yeah, I love Jim Carrey. So I'm pretty sure I heard it. Yeah, but he said that his father could have been a great comedian, but mm-hmm. he took Joe's a safe job as an accountant, and then 10 years later, he got fired. 
and he realized that you can you can you can fail at doing something that you hate so might as well fail towards something that you actually like to do oh fail yeah. towards like something you love hearing it now i definitely remember seeing it it was very yeah. powerful very powerful yeah he, yeah he that man is very intelligent very funny but actually he's got a lot of intelligence behind it yeah and i think he's very misinterpreted for being labeled as weird and just being misunderstood but he's just a little different actually everyone's weird in some way just some also people true. Don't to show it <laughs> like, that's the only thing. yeah some people aren't afraid of it that's the difference yeah. exactly exactly it is a wonderful world so also you said that one of your passions was discovering what it means to live authentically I believe. Sorry, I'm forgetting the exact wording. No, it's it's all good. Like again, I'm making up the words as well. It's more of a feeling, uh, like uh, when it comes to that. But for me, I I like to learn what I am capable of, but also what like human beings are capable of as well. Mm-hmm. So like like again, like pushing pushing myself to certain boundaries and. Um, like in yes fury it's seek discomfort it's the same thing get out of your comfort zone um move like i used to be i'm still somewhat f- afraid of heights but i can still jump over 30 meter 13 meter is 40 feet 40 <laughs> feet <you>. building <laughs> for conversion uh 40 feet building onto an, an airbag and that wasn't because again it's not because i don't have the fear is because i work myself up work through certain fears and conditionings mm. to actually get to that point mm-hmm. and uh so i i do think it is a very powerful metaphor it looks great like don't get me wrong stunt work is like one of the easiest marketing tool marketing marketing <laughs> material that i've ever done it's like hey watch this like, <laughs> yeah it's it's easy to get eyeballs on you um but ultimately i i am definitely inspired about like doing the things that inspire me, but then from there also sharing what other people can, inspiring other people then also pursue excellence in their field. You don't have to do the crazy stuff that I do. That's not the point. The point yeah, is- Yeah, exactly. Like point, like again, like being able to be in the kitchen for t- 10, 12 hours a day, creating a masterpiece. I think that is insanely cool. Yeah, insane, <laughs> me cool. too. Because I couldn't uh-huh. that. I could never <laughs> do that. But some people are that's their craft. That's what they love to do, and they they're really good at it. Like I, like really pursue yourself. It's um, another person I follow is uh, John D. Martini, and I think he has. I can't remember all six of them off the top of my head, but he has the six S's for leadership, and one of the S's is gain specialized knowledge. And that's specialized knowledge, whatever it is for you. Yeah. Like, or another one, not, I'm full of these quotes, so <laughs> be prepared. <laughs> but Dan Millman, he he was the author for The Way of the Peaceful Warrior. They also made that into a movie. It's a very, very powerful, it's a really, really cool read and really cool. Even the movie is great too, but the book is on another level. So if you want to see something, if you feel stuck, read that book. Uh, even watch the movie, but definitely read the book. And um, I'll keep that in mind. Yeah, and uh, the quote goes that you can do anything, but you can't do everything. Mm. Even though some of us try to do so. 
Yeah, so, I, I definitely try. And, you know, that's something I wish that more people would realize about themselves is like you don't have to do something that's super out there and crazy. And, yeah, it can be fun to do that stuff and it can be great. But if you're great at your job and you like your job, then that's fine. You should be great at your job. Like if you're a great accountant, then be a great accountant. You don't have to label whatever you're doing as boring or not exciting enough and feel the need to venture out just for the sake of doing it. Mm, absolutely. You don't have to have your private jet and fall out in bikinis. Exactly. Like, you know, <laughs> like, I think it's much more powerful if you if you are happy with your nine to five job you know, and, and you in love with your family and watching your family grow and yeah. you go and actually have a loving uh, hike on the weekends. I think that is the definition of success. Yeah, right there. exactly. If you can be happy with what you're doing, that's what's important. Exactly. Now, not to say if you're really into cars and planes, that, that ultimately that's what you want to get to. You want to go to supercars and like you are, you want that kind of bling and flash and all of that. Absolutely. But that's yeah, and that too. To I mean, to each their own. Some people would rather be into that. Exactly. It, like, so there's certain types for sure. Um, but I had a really good conversation a few years back with a few of my friends because I used to work at a car car dealership which is a great education but holy jesus did i need to get out of there it was so, <laughs> so not my type uh-huh. but it was great great for what it was um it, like while i was there like we had a conversation that sometimes the especially guys would not be happy in their relationship maybe not happy in their job mm-hmm. but they still want to get some fulfillment so the only way they can get fulfilled so they got a very very nice car oh. I'm, I'm trying okay. to pick on nice cars right now because there are some people that that's what they love and they have a very good well-rounded life i'm just saying that wheel of life is a wheel and you've got different assets in different areas of life and if you're very very developed in one area let's say your car but then you're not developed in your finances and your job and your happiness and your spirituality and family, then that wheel is going to go clunk, clunk, clunk. Yeah. Going to be a bumpy ride. Mm-hmm. Something I've realized lately is when you're looking for fulfillment and happiness in outside things, whether it be material things like a car or whatever, or even if it's looking to be fulfilled by other people, ultimately it just doesn't work because like you said, it's not balanced. And in the end, it's just all going to come back up at some point and it's not going to work. Absolutely. Like uh, the funny thing about happiness and even wealth is that it's not something that you get. It's something that you are being. So it's never something that you... Like this is where most people fall in the trap is that I'll be happy once I get my my soulmate. Yeah. I'll be happy once I get the ideal job. I'll be wealthy once I have a million dollars. No, shit. Once you get there, you're gonna hit the next goalpost and you're gonna find something else. Yeah. Happiness can only be experienced in the presence. Is as same as wealth can be only experienced in the presence. Abundance 
and inspiration and all of this kind of we only experience in the present and if you're always looking forwards and looking back worried about the past and sorry like um guilty about the past and worried about the future then you're missing the only thing that i've realized is the present moment like one thing that i, I realized I, like my sister had her i think 20, yeah 22nd birthday so my sister had a 22nd birthday and like we had a good little celebration but back in my mind i still had things going on mm-hmm. and then and then a couple of things are cool things that i'm working on but i realized that to be honest we're not going to be here forever there's only so many birthdays that we're going to experience together as a family yeah and then because i wasn't present i wasn't fully able to appreciate something that i'm not going to get that often in life mm-hmm. so that yeah. was so sobering thought and humbling thought that okay it's cool that i'm on these little adventures and explorations but remembering that there's small little things, like sometimes the fact that like we are together and just having a good time, is sometimes the most precious thing that we can experience. Yeah, definitely. And it's, it is important to be present in those moments. And that reminds me of something that I heard, and I can't remember where I heard it. But there was this study showing that when people are recording something and watching it through their phone, they're less likely to remember it because you're not being in the moment you're not taking it in yourself you're concentrated on getting the shot you're concentrated on the action that you're doing and even though you're still you know seeing whatever is happening around you through your phone you're not actually taking it in and you're not being present so you're less likely to remember those moments absolutely which is the irony because you're taking those videos to try and remember them it's a paradox yeah yeah so I've definitely that's something I've been conscious of myself too is just being more present and more in the moment especially for little things like that like a dinner with my family because it doesn't happen that often so just to sit there and enjoy it and remember it absolutely like especially if you like i i speak with a lot of people that are in their late teens and 20s like that's kind of my kind of niche market that i go towards it's like like it's a very weird stage of our life where we are breaking off from our family and creating our own family so we can in that transition so Therefore, that annoying, having mom being annoying and trying to be in your life all the time, like wake up, you know, like mom's not going to be all the way, all the time. It doesn't mean she's dead. She's just not going to be there all the time. And sometimes you have to understand that like, yes, there's certain things that might be annoying or certain things might be not ideal, but you're not going to get so many of them. You actually, there's a limited amount that you're actually going to have these moments. So you might as well cherish them. Yes, definitely. And do you think for yourself, would you say the way you're living, the things you're doing are fulfilling to living a life that you wouldn't look back on and regret your time? If I well, die tomorrow, I mean, maybe not regret. That's a little harsh. <laughs> if I would die tomorrow, I'd be very happy with what I've been able to accomplish. Now, going back three, four years, I wouldn't have been able to say that. Oh. Now I can so I think it's, it's something I thought I'm only going to get to that point later in, like later in life. But that was a sobering thing only this year that I realized that, no, actually, if let's say I die tomorrow, 
I'm still very happy with, because the question that we need to ask ourselves, if only had 24 hours to live, did you do everything that you can with everything that you were given? Yeah. And you want to be able to say yes. Um, so now it doesn't mean that you need to work yourself until death, until burnout, because I've done that a few times as well. It's also have to. <laughs> yeah. It's not fun. It's like your body's like, you're not resting dickhead. All right, I'm going to make you sick. Or here's an injury. How about a life event? Now you slow down. There you go. Yeah. Now you're getting. So um, when was it? 2018. Yeah. My 2018. I was in a position where I didn't know when I, I, I knew I was stuck in a position that I didn't want to be stuck in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like I outgrow the situation I was like, I was teaching uh, a martial arts at that point and I outgrew uh the environment that I was in uh say anything bad about anyone it's just I knew that I needed to go to next step I needed to go forwards but it was scary because I didn't know what that step was and I didn't know where to go uh but I felt but because I didn't take action I always felt like I'm stepping back and in May of 2018 I had a high school friend die in a car crash on the road I took every day to my second job and that was a wake-up call because all I could think of is that was me that could have been me yeah and if that was me that i did everything i can with everything i was given and i was like heck no so something had to change yeah so basically it was it was tough thing um uh especially not not even for me is especially for the family and like seeing my whole high school uh come together for his funeral that was that was like i couldn't speak to anyone i i was one of the people that actually went up and, and spoke because i felt like because it was terrifying. Like, okay, why would I want to go in? Like, we went that close. We went, I wasn't his closest friend. But I'm like, does anyone want to come up? Anything at all to share something? And something in me is like, if you're not going to do this, will you regret it? Mm-hmm. Like, Probably would. I don't know how this is going to go. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But I did get some good response that, yeah, what you shared is like a lot of people resonated with it. And, I, and that's cool. But that that's not the reason I did it. It was, it was Jack that domino effect of that did I do everything I could with everything I was given and I was in a moment in that spot on his in his funeral is that am I doing everything I can with everything I was given I was given an opportunity to go and speak yeah am I going to take it or am I going to have the regret afterwards and sometimes I think back at it I was like oh maybe it wasn't that great of a speech but think about it I would have been much more upset if I didn't go up there exactly didn't do that. so Hey, it wasn't about being perfect. It was just more about, okay, I am need to be someone else. I need to be willing to do the things that actually I'm taking advantage of the moments and opportunities come my way. So here's an opportunity. I might as well start right now. It's terrifying, but I might mm-hmm. as well start right now. Yeah. So, yeah. And especially with something like that, it doesn't, it's more about your intent behind it and not, needing to say the perfect thing no no it was and i think ultimately because i got the response there was a lot of people that were thinking the same thing but just didn't have mm-hmm. the courage to go and stand up yeah so that's hard i had the chance to actually like let my words resonate with everyone else mm-hmm. and once again if i really think about it i, I remember oh geez i might tear up for this but oh. i I remember being on stand, I'm looking down on the family and it was his brother, his mother and father holding hands and, mm-hmm. and they're looking up and like, especially the mother, uh, brother and father were, were wrecked, but like the mom had this kind of strength within her 
like almost saying thank you, like looking back at it. And um, because at the end of the day, if, if I was in their shoes or if I had to lose someone, probably any word from anyone about like my family member would have meant so much, no matter if they knew me, like if I knew them or not. Yeah. So that could have been you sometimes never know your impact that you have on others. I'm, like some, like it's like you putting a, a rock into a lake. The ripples sometimes bounce back on a rock and come back, but sometimes they go all the way into the ocean and you will never know. Yeah. But as long as you're making a ripple and you're making the best you can, eventually things will come back to you. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Because you, you, you just never know. Something that seems so small to you could mean so much to someone else. 100%. Like sometimes I say something that's like, eh, it's like, it's like something I chuck out mm-hmm. and I'll get like a message like, hey, dude, what you said that day. I was like, I still think about it today. This day. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Do you think if you wouldn't have had this big traumatic event to cause this sort of wake up call, do you think you would have still changed your mindset or do you think you would have just continued on the path you were on? something w- would have happened i'm quite sure if it wasn't this something else would have mm. so that's what i'm saying if it wasn't maybe him something might have would have happened to me yeah uh, because there's a saying that like i it's a good metaphor like um and it's not a religious context but i heard it this way so i think it i think it suits if god's trying to tell you something first he tickles you with a feather and throws a brick at your head but you do not wait for the truck this was definitely a brick, if not a semi just passed me. So like, vroom, just passed. So um, something was coming because I was not not taking action on the small something feels off because mm-hmm. that's the mm-hmm. oftentimes it's like I'm not I'm not hundred percent happy with the job. I'm not I'm not completely fulfilled in this relationship. And maybe the other person is a beautiful person. You're just not great for each other. Just not yeah. the best for each other. Like sometimes people go grow apart or some people like uh, side note, but there's like three reasons that your relationship usually fell. And one of them is conflicting values. Like, let's say you hundred percent want kids, but your partner is hundred percent certain they don't want kids. Yeah. That is not good that you might be great friends, but relationship wise. And that actually happened to a friend of a friend. Like one of my friends knew a couple that were lovely but one of them 100% wanted kids. One of, one of them 100% didn't want kids. And they split off. The person that wanted kids found someone who wanted kids as well. And they started a family. And, the, and they actually stayed friends. They said, say good friends. Well, that's good. And it's like, no one's wrong in that situation. Oh. It's just not a good fit. It's just not a good fit. But like it, that tickle, the tickle with the feather is oftentimes a little niggly thing. Like something off. If and you don't address it, that's when the brick comes through. And if you have such a stubborn, hard head that no brick <laughs> is happening, then guess what? The truck is coming. Yeah. Wow. That's true. Yeah. So I mean, clearly, this whole conversation has already been filled with great advice and things. <laughs> but to close it out. Do you have any words of wisdom or advice that you would like to leave people with? Well, we almost actually didn't even see the time. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I know. Let's go. Um, Final word of advice that I wanted to do. 
Um, most of the time we know what we need to do. We're just struggling to have the courage to do it. And this is why where people say, follow your gut, follow your heart. This is where it comes into play. And this is the practical application of it. So if you are in a situation where you are absolutely happy in the progress that you're doing, and one of the ways you can do it is that you're inspired. You're like, like when you do something, you feel more energy than when you started. Like you're willing to embrace pains and pleasures back and forth. That's a pretty good indication that you're on the right path. But if you're doing something where you feel drained and everything, again, as I said before, it's either you change, you numb yourself, or life will give you a wake-up call until you actually change. Like oftentimes cancer is like a last result for the body to try to get you to do something. And oftentimes it's like uh, perception-wise, um, having a chance to actually work with like how the physic, our physical elements affect our mental and the mental how it affect our missile, physical and then back and forth. Oftentimes cancer patients have a very black and white thinking. So that can also, that polarization, if you look at cancer, at the end of the day, if you, a core of it, it's a cell that forgot to die. It's the cell that forgot to be negative. It's always trying to be positive. So anyway, long, short answer, follow your heart, trust your gut, because most of the time it's going to be right. Just have the courage to go for it.